Hey, everybody, it's Natalie Alicia Gold with the Gold Standard. And today I have the great honor of being with my dear friend, Dr. Daryl Appleton. Hey, Daryl. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's always, always, always amazing to see your beautiful face. And let me tell you all about this amazing woman on the other side of the screen. She's an innovative and modern day Diane of wellness who is reshaping corporate and individual visions of wellness. She is bold and a badass. And I love that. And she's, a, she has a consulting firm with exclusive clientele of Fortune 500 executives, thought leaders, and specialists, and professional athletes from across the globe. In addition to her coaching firm, Dr. Appleton is owner and co-founder of a New England-based boutique mental health private practice, Polaris Counseling. There, Dr. Appleton has harnessed the vision to empower individuals in becoming well-beings into a practice and that inspires purposeful changes in in revolutionary ways. She undoubtedly has made her mark on everyone she has worked with, and it is a supreme privilege, my dear, to have you today. So, hey, Dr. Daryl, how are you? I am well. We're doing well here in quarantine. Thank you for that lovely intro. It makes me sound so accomplished and important, and I love celebrating that. And it's always so good when we get together and talk, so I'm so excited to, to sit down and chat and catch up. I love it. So, look, you know, the pandemic has us all out of sorts. And I know you really look, you're not just dealing with it for yourself and your family. You are also the sounding board and the peacemaker and the wellness infuser into how many people's lives. It's true. How are you dealing with that? It's interesting. I think I love helping. I wouldn't have gotten into this business if I didn't like it. I also like, you know, giving advice, solicited advice now. Um, So I get paid for it. So that's amazing. Um, But I think, you know, there's this level of self-care that we all need. We all need somebody to talk to. And sometimes that person isn't our spouse. Sometimes it's somebody like me, a coach, a therapist, um, a mentor. But, you know, for my end, I have my own people I talk to. I think, you know, we were talking about before the show started what a good team Um, you need to help raise kids, to help run your business. So I think that a good team in your everyday life to just help manage emotion should be part of of your thought process when you're thinking about what do I need to be successful or what do I need to accomplish X, Y, and Z goal. It's really not a cost at that point. It becomes an investment into yourself. Totally. I would argue that you're going to lose money at some point if you don't invest in it. So what are, you know, the things that people, common themes that people are working through during this time? Well, that is an interesting question. I've seen tons of anxiety, tons of depression across the board from my executives um, to parents. Everybody is just trying to find, and I hate that word, the new normal, but they're trying to find it. They're trying to literally survive right now. So I think like we're starting to see this shift as we're moving into, you know, closing up Q3, we're moving into, you know, prepping for a new year. Everybody's hopefully getting more excited about that, um, of how do we now thrive? Cause we survived for the last seven plus months. Um, but a lot of people are just feeling burnt out and overwhelmed. And it's really unfortunate because it's impacting the way that they do business and the way they raise their kids and the way that they 
interact with their significant others. So I think everybody is feeling a little bit of this edge to life that wasn't necessarily there before. It's, it's really, you know, if, I, if I'm going to quote my favorite Disney movie, which is right now Frozen 2, right? No. And it's when Elsa's going into the unknown. And we're all in the unknown right now. Exactly. It freaks people out. People like a plan. People like to know what happens next. But I always say to my clients, if you knew and weren't happy with the answer and you knew you couldn't change it, you would hate that even more. So the unknown to me is very much an opportunity. You get to discover things about yourself. You get to put a plan in place. This has been a great time for people to pivot, opening new businesses, finding new strategies, connecting in different ways. So I think seeing the unknown through a different lens is also incredibly important for people who are just kind of struggling um, with with maintaining and, and asking themselves, where do I go from here? I think the only constant in life is change. So this is a huge, unprecedented change, no doubt. But, you know, i got to tell you, I've never been busier. And I've never been more efficient in my work. Right. So you've had to kind of prune and, and hone your skills to see what works and what doesn't. And you get rid of all of that, hopefully, get rid of all that busy work or that unproductive habits to, to make you efficient. Cause I'm sure you're home juggling a million things yourself. So Daryl, for those people who are like, okay, I've been working this job or I have this business and it just is not filling my cup anymore. Or it's just not existent anymore. Not by their choosing. Mm-hmm. What are the questions we can ask ourselves to understand what is next? Mm. I think for people in group A, the question is, why are you staying somewhere you hate? Like, why? Um, That would be my first question. What is keeping you there? And nine times out of 10, it's fear, fear of the unknown um, yet again. So I think really exploring that and what that looks like for people in, in group B of kind of being forced out and having to now change, I would ask them, what do you want to do? You have this opportunity to start anew. And let, don't get me wrong. The perfect job isn't out there for you to just pick up with no skills, no background in it, whatever. But if you want to design video games, then go be an office administrator at a company that does that and start to get to know the business from the ground floor up. Um, it might not be the job you want, but maybe you're in the industry you want. And you can maneuver from there. So there's definitely ways to work smarter and not harder, especially if you're starting anew. Now, I completely understand people need to feed their families. They need to get money in the bank and food on the table. Part of this, too, is there's a choice of doing something that inspires you some way, somehow, because work will always pay you. Go somewhere that has a good culture, that has um, good reputation. Google in your area, best places to work. Um, I think that's really healthy where other people have recognized that this company does a great job taking care of their employees. So there's, there's a way to do it where you can get the best of both worlds of trying to figure it out, but figuring it out in a new environment that makes you excited and hopefully allows you to grow and thrive. What I love about, I, I love a few things, but something that you mentioned was in your area. Now, I also, you know, it's so funny because I was a New York, LA girl. 
And all of a sudden I'm in the mountains in Colorado and, and it's like in this world that we live in, where you are really doesn't matter. So you might as well be in a place that's better for your family. Right. Are you finding that a lot of people are moving or is there still that fear of at least this is what I know, even if it's not great? A ton of my New York clients, as I'm sure it was a ton of your clients and friends and people, they're, they're out of New York City. Yeah. Um, people are starting to look for more suburbs or school districts in towns that have better quality of life, uh, lower taxes, because you're absolutely right. With this virtual world, we are not bound to a commute necessarily. I've seen people hesitant to move because I think their jobs haven't necessarily rolled out their strategic plan of, are we returning back to the office? Are we not? So I think people are waiting for that. And the second these big, massive companies like Amex or Google or whatever start saying like, yeah, no, we're hundred percent working from home. You're going to see people going to really great places like the mountains of Colorado to get some fresh air and get out of the city and give their children or their themselves just a different environment to, to be in that makes them happy. When you're working at home, it's a very different thing. I mean, both of us are self-employed. So we've had to find that inner boss to badass boss ourselves some days when we don't feel like it. Right. How are people, you know, with this shift and they're not seeing the boss looking over their shoulder and they're not having conversations at the so-called water cooler. How do they find the motivation to do it, do it, do it every day? Some people don't. And I think those people definitely have felt this and, and are struggling. Um, some people are just self-starters. When we look at motivation from an academic standpoint, there's no real clear, definitive answer on how to harness it, how to make more of it. Lots of studies link back to resilience. And I would argue that at the core of resilience is your support system. So this could be kind of what we were talking about in the beginning. This could be your team that you have around you, your significant other, coworkers that help hold you accountable. Um, But I think at the core of that is knowing what you need. Stop pretending that you're not you know, being as productive as you want. Tell yourself like the first step to to solving any problem is admitting there's a problem. So if you know you're not working at your max capacity, that's the first step is acknowledging that you're not and then doing something about it. Whatever you do about it, I don't necessarily care, but as long as there's a plan in place that you have come up with that works for you. So I think, you know, that's kind of a, a cheap answer to that. But at the end of the day, this really comes back to, If there's a problem, you have an opportunity to fix it. And there are tons of people out there that can help you. You don't have to do it alone. I would not say that's a cheap answer. And I don't think there's such a thing as a cheap answer. And there's definitely nothing like a stupid question, especially not on this show, right? Right, right, right. (laughs) So, you know, you are now transitioning in your life as well. So uh, tell our viewers about the exciting news you have coming up. So, you know, it's so cool being in business and helping people. Um, And recently we were kind of thrown through a loop that we're pregnant with twins. Congratulations. Thank you. And 
It's so interesting. Everybody asks me like, are they natural? Which I think is a bizarre question. And you can ask me whatever question you want. I'm fine with it. Some people get very offended, but to answer that to everybody that's asking themselves, yes, they're natural. Um, All babies are, but we were very surprised. Um, My dad is a twin, so we shouldn't have been that surprised. But uh, I think when we found the news, my first question to the ultrasound tech, I was like, there's no more, right? There's only the two. You only see two of them, right? Um, And immediately my brain went into kind of planning mode. And I started on Instagram, this separate Instagram that's specifically dedicated to women and mothers because so much has come up. And we've talked about it before too, of just being a woman and being in business and trying to navigate these really two interesting and sometimes opposite worlds and society and how you should, again, quotes, feel or react. Um, it's been really interesting. I was very honest on my Instagram not too long ago where, you know, I'm 16 weeks and I haven't felt super connected to the pregnancy. And I got so much support from women just being like, that's so normal. I've never said it out loud, me either. And it was so empowering to feel that like I wasn't doing something wrong because I wasn't like, glowing and bubbly and walking around, you know, holding my belly. I was kind of like, I'm sick all the time. Now what? Um, I just got to get through today. And I'm with, you, sister. I'm with you. My pregnancies were not fun. I mean, I didn't even get sick, but I was like going from a, a, a zero to a, I don't even know who I am. What, what do I look like? Who is this person looking back at me? Right. And from a society that values women based on what you look like, right? And all of a sudden you're now, and and being told like, don't do your hair because it's bad. At some point you're like, am I even a person anymore? Do I even matter anymore? It's a total loss slash shift of an identity. And it's interesting because I think men and I, men out there, we hear you. I'm sure you go through it as well, but it is so interesting to actually feel, and I would argue postpartum depression isn't just postpartum. I think it happens like when you conceive and and your body is just going through all these things of who am I? So I I wish more women would talk about that, especially professional women, because I think we feel this need to hold it all together. And I don't know if you felt this, but I felt, you know, very scared that my clients would see me differently. Like I would not be as effective or as efficient. Not only that, I had to return a five-figure fee because I moved from New York and I'm now a mom, so I'm clearly not as competent anymore. That's so crazy. Yeah, but you know what? I happily wrote the check because I only work with clients who know the value and want to work with me. I love that. And it's funny because today in a virtual world, no one is seeing you in person. Right. But, right. And, and that really took a lot out of me. It'll be interesting. And, and you, you and I talked about this before, too, of just how many women have to give up their jobs because they are the primary caregiver, um, because they haven't put that team together or potentially don't have the resources to put that that care team together for their children, which is incredibly difficult. So I think the pandemic has been especially challenging for women who have gone to school forever or have worked their their asses off trying to climb the ladder or find a place they really love only to 
be kind of forced out or feel like they have to choose, um, which I think is terrible. And where are the student loan payments getting eradicated? Right. I mean, I mean, this is the problems in our society that, and I've said this in my book, Money Mama, you are an empowered woman until you become a mom. And then why are you going back to work? And if you don't go back to work, why did you go through all that school? You can't win. And Daryl, I am committed to changing that in our lifetimes. And I know you are as well. That's why I love you. I adore that. (laughs) <laughs> because it's so, it's so important. And I think, you know, the, for the men out there listening, it's important that you're allies in this. And it's important that you're part of this conversation. And to be fair, so many men are stepping up and helping way more than at least from the Italian Jersey generation of men. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think my dad knows how to change a diaper. Um, <laughs> you know, just going from being sole provider of here's the money to actually helping. And, and I think that's going to be a big part of men stepping up and continuing to be allies in that caregiving space. So we need you men. And yesterday, my dear friend, Regina Lark, she's a PhD and she's putting out a book of, on emotional labor. Love that. And it's the unspoken, right? It's beyond just who is washing the dishes, but it's does mom or wife in the scenario have to also then hold everyone accountable and take on that managerial role and hold it on herself at all times besides the regular career and full-time teacher she now is and full-time house cleaner. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And I would argue in partnerships, whether they're, you know, whatever on the spectrum, somebody takes on that role. Yeah. Somebody somewhere somehow takes on that role. And if you don't work on it, you'll become resentful, Um, which I suppose I argue I'm biased. Everyone should have somebody to talk to about their relationship as well as their feelings, whether it's a couples counselor, again, your own counselor, coach, because it's important to get it out. It just poisons you from the inside out when you don't talk about things that bother you. An environment is so important. I mean, you know, we literally through the pandemic went from our Santa Monica home. We had just lived in New York. We were nine, eight and a half months pregnant. I moved back to LA because I love my my obstetrician there. Mm-hmm. Thank God we did because who would have known about COVID? Had our daughter December 29th. I was home before the new year. Three months later, we're in Carmel at, you know, my husband's grandparents' former place. Um with his sister and her family. And we don't necessarily jive in our theories of how we raise our kids or sure. that kind of blew up in our face and back to Santa Monica alone with the kids and no help in sight because of the fear of the pandemic and in a condo building right by the beach, but who's using it if right. you're not leaving the condo with two little kids. Right. But, you know, we we tried until we got it right. And now this Colorado move has been the third in a few months. Wow. But we finally, I feel, have like a pH, a pH level of stability. And it, it means a world of difference to me, my husband and our family. And you're hitting on something that's scientific. You know, when you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs in this like pyramid, At the core is basic needs, food, water, shelter, but the next level up is safety. And I would argue for some people that very much means physical safety. They're in an unsafe place or with an unsafe partner. 
for other people, safety means sometimes my in-laws, sometimes not feeling judged by the moms at school. Uh, This could very well be pandemic stuff. Because then as you climb this ladder of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, then you have love and belonging, self-esteem, and then self-actualization, which is being all you could be, whether that's work, whether that's family raising, whether that's empowerment of self. So you're absolutely right. I think environment is something we don't necessarily take as a variable when we should definitely be looking at that because it matters. I, so it's so funny. I, I don't watch TV at all. But recently we downloaded on Amazon Prime Gaia or Gaia, however you say the, so all we've been watching or me mm-hmm. is, you know, kind of these thought provoking, like, what do we, act? who are we actually, are we actually, you know, this living life, does it pass life? I mean, to me, this is like me, I'm, I'm fish in water when I listen. To this <laughs> well, your lawyer brain is probably freaking out. You know, I, I detest that lawyer brain. <laughs> I think that's like, I just am like totally a spiritual, you know, person who happens to do, I, I hope great legal work for people, because to me, that's back to your point of safety mm. and the necessary precautions we take to be able to live a life and not have to worry. Right. But, you know, speaking of environment, there was something that spoke about even like taking your feet, your shoes off in nature Mm. and grounding and being in the sun without sunscreen on for not an hour or two hours for 20 minutes. Right. And what that does to recharge the body Mm -hmm. was amazing to me. And I mean, it's everything we know, right? Like back in my twenties, when I was going to Miami and sitting in the sun, I'm the happiest person on the planet. Right. So all this stuff, you know, we make it so complicated, everything. It's really quite simple. And that's that emotional labor. You know, we add on extra steps when sometimes simple is best. And you're, again, you're absolutely right. This whole connecting to nature, it's studied. We see it. I tell my people who are clinically depressed, go and plant something. Put your hands literally in dirt because there's so much research about connecting to whether it's biomagnetism of the earth or, you know, whatever you you want to call it, there is something that we get back from being not only around nature, but also around other people, which COVID has done a number on just physically being in the presence to get energy from other sources. Right now we're, we're just the self source of energy. And that's why lots of us are burning out. Oh my God. I mean, if I could just get a mani-pedi massage and my hair done right now, Right. And these are things, but, but really the massage, when it's done by the right person, like it is energizing. Totally. And we're missing that. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. I think it's, you know, it's a little scary to see, you know, if this continues as, as a trend for, for long, it is a little interesting from a psychological and from a clinical standpoint, what this shut off, what this isolation does to people. Cause I do think people need people, especially my extroverts out there who get energy from other human beings. They, <laughs> they very much miss that. And while the screen is great and it does provide us something, it's like a like jello with no sugar, you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's all right, but <laughs> it's so funny because literally I looked at my spending and I'm like, 
restaurants out, coffee dates with friends, massage, mani, pedi, hair. I can spend on none of that. <laughs> but, but really, and I, I, I've had this conversation with quite a few people and they're like, we can't believe how much money we're saving. Yeah. Which is pretty, you know, if we're trying to look for silver linings, it's how much do we really spend on these things when what we're trying to get from the going out to a restaurant with friends is breaking bread and right. just talking with people you love. I wish we could do something in the middle, which is come over to my house and let's do that. Right. But it's just a different time. You know, Daryl, as you're speaking, I'm almost thinking the future of tomorrow is 200 person communities where there's one lawyer, one doctor, one, you know, one yeah. ther- massage therapist, one, uh, you know, because otherwise, what are we going to do if this continues for two, three or four years? It's a, it's a valuable question. And I have faith in human beings that will figure it out. You know, I do have hope. I think we've been resilient throughout the years of, of figuring things out, but I think you're right. I think going to be getting creative. It's going to be asking ourselves, like, what do we need? Who are we? These very existential questions, but necessary. And then putting a plan in place to execute them. And families can do that right now. Um, But they got to communicate and they got to talk and they have to ask themselves the right questions. Yeah, absolutely. So Daryl, with all the beautiful work you do in the world, I always ask my guests, what is your big why? Oh, my big why. I think, you know, our job is to leave the world a little bit better than when we found it. And I know that's been said by other people, but I truly believe it. If we're not doing anything with our lives of any impact, and we don't need to, you know, move millions, but even the people around us, I I argue, what's the point? I think there's something about spiritual wellness, the, the big picture of why am I here? And I think that part of this is, again, to help people navigate through complex feelings like, like depression, anxiety, burnout, and giving them a new language and a new lens to speak and to see it through. So I think that's my why, is to help people translate very complex emotions and feelings into tangible steps that they can take to make their lives better and to hopefully pass that on to the next person and end some of these generational cycles that we see. Beautiful. So you and I are sisters and what we're doing from different lenses, we're making generational impact. My soul sister over there in the mountains. My yes. Soul sister. Let me tell you, darling, if you need any help with ensuring that your husband understands the need for a nanny and to worship the ground that you walk on, mm-hmm. you know who to call. <laughs> Trust and believe you are the first call. And for everyone else out there, send prayers and nannies. And you'll, you'll be an amazing oh mom. And what you will do for your kids, God willing, will be a beautiful gift in and of itself. I appreciate that. And I look forward to talking to you more about motherhood and business. And as I evolve, hopefully I will gain more knowledge and be able to spread that to, to others with the similar questions like we have. I love it. I love Daryl. Always a pleasure. Take care of yourself. We're so much love. We miss you and we'll talk to you soon. See ya. Thanks for having me. Thank you.